The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on The Lab Report, we're going to talk advanced glycation end products. And we're going to talk about their role in health and disease. Yep, fire up your grills. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. So my dad, yeah, he had this brander, essentially, that had his initials on it. So you'd get it hot, and you could sear his initials into his steak. Why? Because it's awesome. Oh. Hello. Hey, Michael Chapman. Hi, Patty Devers. How are you today? I am living my best life. How are you today is the question. Crushing it. Wow. So proud of you. Look at you. Crushing things. It's uncomfortable. I don't know exactly <laughs> how to do it, but I'm doing it. I'm, I'm just proud going of you. for it. Good. Uh, this is a podcast brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. It's where we talk about things like functional medicine. Might be mm-hmm. familiar with that. Yeah. Specialty lab testing. Yep. Probably familiar with that. Uh-huh. And integrative therapeutics. Wow. You know what that is? Kind of. It's therapeutics that are integrated. Oh, thanks for that. You're welcome. Well, if you're new to the show, welcome. If you're returning, thank you so much for your support. And we're going to invite you to go to iTunes or Spotify and maybe subscribe to the show, rate, review, leave us some feedback there. Yeah, and you can also follow us on various social media platforms mm-hmm. under at Genova Diagnostics. It's a good time. You should check that out. Yep. And if you have additional feedback, you want to tell us something, you have a question of the day you'd like to submit, you do that at podcast at gdx.net. Can I bring up the steak? Sure. With the initials. Uh-huh. What's the reason for reals, though? Like, is there a problem with people stealing steak that you need to brand it with your own initials? I mean, what's my the reason assumption there? knowing my dad was it was uh-huh. probably like a, a gift, like a Father's oh, Day gift or yeah. like a gag gift, that sort of thing. Still cool. I never actually saw him sear his initials into a steak, hmm. although I might start doing that. Well, you can sear your initials into a lot of things using that thing, technically. Well, it would be his initials, but no, but it begs the question like, the whole branding thing, cattle branding, like, mm-hmm. Is that was that really a thing, or is that just in cartoons and stuff? I mean, no, it's how a thing. necessary is it? How much stealing of other people's cattle was going on? And and then furthermore, why would searing something into the side of the cattle prevent stealing? Or was that not even the thing? I don't know. I don't get this whole thing. Look, I'm not a rancher. I don't know. I've never herded cattle. I don't know, but I do know barbecue, and it sounds like this topic today is related to barbecue and. I'm a little bit hesitant because I don't want this episode now to make me not want to eat barbecued food. Yeah, I would be concerned about that if I were you, especially considering this whole I want my steak well done thing. Medium well. Well, let's just talk about it a little bit and then we can get into whether we should or should not be eating these things because we need to understand what they are and what what they contribute to. Right. So we're talking about ages, advance, glycation, and products. Mm -hmm. And, And in essence, it's when proteins or lipids become glycated as a result of being exposed to sugar. Uh-huh. So it's a, re- it's a chemical reaction that happens that people say might be a biomarker of actual aging and disease. Yeah, and it's interesting. When we think of something being uh, kind of glycated with sugar, uh, the, the colloquial term that people use with respect to this is caramelized. Yep. Right? So yep. it's like you're caramelizing your proteins, your lipids, uh, because of the effect of heat and sugar on it. Right. And actually, these can occur naturally. 
um, just in foods, or they can be formed based on exposure to heat, for example. Okay, so I think before we go any further, it's important that we have to introduce a biochemical concept. Go ahead. Called the Maillard reaction. Yes. I love or it. some people might say the Maillard reaction. Please, d- please don't say it's that. Not, that's not how you say it because he was French and right. they, they say I L L like a Y. Don't, that's right. Don't, don't at me. <laughs> but anyway, this is a very classic reaction uh, in generating advanced glycation end products. And it's, what's involved in it is essentially sugars reacting with uh, a protein, an amino group. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's influenced by heat and temperature. So this is kind of the main thing that stirs up this production of advanced glycation end products. And, and sometimes it's, you know, unintended, like in things like milk and chocolate. Sometimes it's intended, like in coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's problematic because a lot of these things are, like they contain carcinogenic acrylamide, mutagenic, heterocyclic, Whoa. aromatic amines, and a bunch of really bad stuff. So what you're and telling me is seared steak... Crusts of bread, these things are trying to kill me? Yeah, I mean, all these things end up being lumped together and called advanced glycation end products. And this Maillard reaction also results in advanced lipooxidation end products as well, which oxidation of fats. So oxidation of protein, oxidation of fats, all bad, man. So it sounds to me like when you glycate proteins and amino acids, that's the Maillard reaction. Then there's also oxidation of lipids, which... It, which in and of itself, you think oxidized LDL then becomes an advanced glycation end product. And then I think about, well, what about hemoglobin A1C, yeah. right? It's like sugar Perfect acting example. on hemoglobin. Perfect Same thing. Perfect example, yeah. Okay, so we know that advanced glycation end products might be a problem, but my question then becomes how? I know that there are receptors in the body for these ages. What happens? Oh, yeah, this is where it gets really interesting. It's where it gets good, right? So you mm-hmm. can have free advanced glycation end products just kind of floating around, mm-hmm. but you can also have the things that they're attached to, like RNA, DNA, proteins, amyloid, beta, all these different things, and they all trigger an interaction with a receptor called RAGE. Which is really just receptor for advanced glycation end products. No, it's RAGE. <laughs> it's pure RAGE. It causes RAGE. Yeah, pure RAGE in the body, and, it's, <laughs> and it rages in the sense that it releases all these... Uh, downstream effects causes all these downstream effects, which ultimately kind of lead to generation of reactive oxygen species, ROS. And that's oxidative stress, mm-hmm. that's tissue injury, damage, all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of the, the mechanism. And we talk about oxidative stress a lot on this show. Oh, yeah. And its implications in disease and yeah. aging. And so we know that these advanced glycation end products can contribute to further oxidative stress and themselves further contribute to chronic disease. And if we take a step back and we look at aging as a process and as a whole, it's there's a lot of theories out there suggesting that the overall aging process is due to the combination of oxidative stress, inflammation, mitochondrial dysfunction. And so these advanced glycation end products are really going to help spur that along more rapidly. Okay, so we're saying these ages come from glycation, which can happen from heat and oxidative stress. But just to add insult to injury... You can also just get them from regular foods that don't even require to be heated up. There's ages in things like avocado, what? cashews, what? just regular beef and, and meats, bagels, breads, bagels. milk. I mean, there's ages in a lot of the foods that we eat that don't even require to be heated. So there's another source of ages. Now what are we going to do? Wait a minute. Avocado? Uh-huh. That's supposed to be the healthiest thing on the planet. Is we, we got to stop eating avocado. How much On the advanced- planet? 
glycation end products are there in avocados? I mean, I knew they were trying to kill my pocketbook, <laughs> but oh, you this think, is going too far. No, you think that's bad? Don't even get me started on butter, like sweet whipped butter, uh-huh. mayonnaise, Philadelphia cream cheese. That's all I have to say. Well, say more. How bad are these things? Well, I have no... Can we figure out some sort of ruler to judge, to just judge our food? <laughs> well, there are lots of these numbers thrown about in literature. And what they're doing is measuring the carboxymethylysine content of various foods. Which of course, is, that's is, what you would do. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I think. So they use it as a proxy measure of advanced glycation end products. And they use this unit of measure called the kilo unit per 100 gram or kilo unit per serving. And so uh-huh. they're just comparing the content of carboxymethylysine in various foods right. to say that even foods that you don't need to heat contain some of these age or advanced glycation end products. Right. So avocado, mm-hmm. we've got 473 kilo units per serving. That's right? right. So just for comparison's sake, the cashews are up at 3,000. Dude, cream cheese, 3,000, 265. And, right. And so that's just, you know, the stuff that we talked about that's just naturally found. Now when you start getting into things that you've cooked, uh. I mean, it starts to get a little scary. We start at the top with bacon at around 12,000. <laughs> so that's like four times as much as a cashew. That's depressing. It's depressing because I eat bacon like every weekend. Oh. Where are those bagels at? 40. Now we're cooking with some heat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, steak certainly is a problem here. We're up in between 6,000 and 9,000 of these things. Not good, but just in case you vegetarians thought you were getting away <laughs> scot-free, what? if I scroll on down here to tofu... Tofu sauteed is around 6,000. So there you go. It's not just in meats, right? We got to keep this in Mm -hmm. perspective. It's about cooking foods and especially cooking foods under high heat. Right. But because it had been previously assumed that some of these dietary AGEs or ages were poorly absorbed, their role in causing disease were ignored. But that appears to not be the case anymore. So you're telling me that these are major contributors to disease, mm-hmm. and we're just exploring the fact that they're basically everywhere mm-hmm. in everything we eat. That's right. I mean, I, I just got to tell you, Patty, like, it's all this is making me really anxious. I'm sorry. Like, I, just, I know, you, your face is like, I mean, th- how do you, what do you, how do you deal with something <sighs> Chill, that's so dude. prevalent? I just don't, I don't even know, like, where to start. I, you know. I, can we, like, talk this out for a second? Yes, okay. yes. Michael, I know things can seem overwhelming sometimes. We're learning a lot about toxins in our environment, foods that aren't good for us, but it's going to be okay. I mean, how can you say that? Like, these things are everywhere. Listen, we're going to get through this together, Michael. Well, what does that have to do with it? I mean, are you going to make food for me? Like, what am I supposed to eat? I don't know what to eat anymore. I don't know what, like, We can choose our foods more wisely. We can really just pay attention to how we're cooking them, and we can work on other things like antioxidants, making sure that our blood sugar is stable. We can get through this together. So you're saying no more fajitas is what you're saying. I can't, saying ha- I, I can't no. go to a Mexican place and get fajitas anymore. Like that's no. off the table. I'm saying maybe up your antioxidants and maybe some calming herbs. Well, they better not be super critically extracts, right? Because <laughs> that then it's what you're talking about high heat processing and distillation, probably all these. Up- you know, I mean, it's just sometimes it just gets so overwhelming it gets I'm so sorry. confusing you just don't even know where to start i hear you i'm validating those feelings and it's gonna be okay 
I mean, how can you say that? You you don't you can't promise that. You don't know no. that. And I don't know the answers, but I know we can get through it together. I mean, I I guess I could have more blueberries. There you go. That's and, the spirit. You know, maybe maybe like a smoothie or something for breakfast rather than all yeah. that bacon and bagels. Maybe and, just not the whole pound of bacon. Just a couple of pieces of bacon. I mean, it's really good though. It's, I know. I hear you. I agree. I mean, I've never tried any bacon-wrapped blueberries before. Well, see? There's a, the silver lining. We're going to try that. I mean, I guess knowing that they're out there is the first step and understanding how to deal with it, right? Is, right. Then, then you kind of know what to look out for and you can kind of plan accordingly. Well, the world is a scary place. Let's not get overwhelmed. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's, there's lots of things out there, mm-hmm. especially in food. There's all the lectins. Right. Gluten. Yikes. Advanced glycation end products. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a lot to know. It's, it's fine. It's going to be okay. You know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get some antioxidants. I'm going to reduce my advanced glycation end product exposure. It's going to work. This is going to be good. That's the spirit. Has thanks. This, has this been helpful for you? Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. All right, let's talk a little bit about how we get rid of these things in the body. Well, I think important to note is that although they are in a lot of foods, like we just talked about, that you eat without even heating up, only about 30% of those that are consumed actually get absorbed in your GI tract in the first place. So some of them just pass right through your GI tract. And then the other piece to know is that they can actually just be excreted in your urine in general. Uh So in healthy patients, if you have normal renal function, you're just going to excrete a lot of these advanced glycation end products. So that's good news. Yep. Okay. So maybe adequate hydration is important there. Mm-hmm. That's true. And then we know that, you know, we're talking about glycation, right? So if you have a stable blood sugar, that's important because mm-hmm. we know diabetics have a harder time clearing these and they have longer half-life because they're being glycated. So blood sugar becomes important. Mm-hmm. We also know that oxidative stress can worsen this, right? So yeah. just being mindful of oxidative stressors like other exposures and making sure you have antioxidant reserve. So this is all good news. And it seems like it hasn't really been studied how much of these ages get excreted in the feces as well, but it certainly could happen. It's certainly possible. It's probably part of the excretion mechanism. So, you know, you go back to some of those things that'll help with detoxification from the GI perspective, like adequate levels of fiber to help bind things, move things through. So that's probably another factor that you might think about. All right, well, what about what we don't excrete and what's floating out there in circulation? Well, you talked earlier about rage, the receptor for these ages, Oh, yeah, yeah, that kind of rage, yeah. Yeah, rage. And so we know that there are receptors various places, like your endothelium, for example. So we know that ages have been implicated in increasing vascular permeability and even arterial stiffness and vascular dilation by interfering with nitric oxide. So they can muck up the works as it relates to vascular disease. Yeah, and in relation to some of the inflammation and oxidation aspects, they found that uh, higher consumption of ages was related to higher oxidized LDL, um, increased production of inflammatory cytokines by various immune cells, and overall enhanced or elevated oxidative stress and damage. So it begs the question, Patty, what can we do? We talked about antioxidant. Anything specific there? Yeah, there's a lot of research as it relates to specific therapies around inhibiting age formation in the lab. Things like vitamin C, which is an antioxidant, and alpha-lipoic acid, again, antioxidant. But there's other other things like aspirin, 
or mm. metformin's actually been studied as well, which is interesting. There's also some animal studies that show that natural phenols like resveratrol and curcumin can also prevent some of those negative side effects. Interesting. Well, and another thing that makes sense is something like exercise to address overall BMI, right? Because if you're reducing your metabolic dysfunction, then you're reducing your overall blood sugar, and therefore you're reducing the likelihood that you're producing more advanced glycation end products. So, you know, I would think exercise might be something to think about as well. That makes sense. Uh, Look at Travis over there the <laughs> uh, eating a hot dog. Come on. Who puts mayonnaise on their hot oh, dog? Oh, come on. Hey, Travis, why don't you do something like hit that submarine button? Michael. Yeah. I got it right here. Uh-huh. Question of the day. And it happens to be from Joe, your of neighbor. Of course. Yeah. And it's a very timely question. So although we usually don't read Joe's questions, I'm going to read this one. Yeah. How did he even get it through? I, don't I thought know. we had him blocked. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. He's he's pretty smart. But yesterday happened to have been Memorial Day, and I'm sure a lot of people were barbecuing, but your neighbor Joe is looking forward to the summer because he likes to barbecue. Mm-hmm. And you know, advanced glycation end products are scaring him. So his question is. Although Genova doesn't measure carboxymethylysine, are there tests Genova offers that can give us some insight as to whether or not he should be really worried about these ages? Well, I think that the the place where I would be looking is for oxidative damage, right? Mm-hmm. And so on our tests like the Nutrivile Profile and the Metabolomics Plus, um, we measure signs of reactive oxygen species and oxidative stress damage. I Mm -hmm. think specifically lipid peroxides, lipid peroxidation, and damage to DNA, which is in the form of 8-OHDG. So those would be two places that I would really be looking at to see whether there's any downstream effects of overconsumption of whatever you're barbecuing over there, Joe. (laughs) Don't forget to clean up your yard. Well, that's good. I think that wraps it up for advanced glycation end products, wouldn't you say? I would say so, but... I think I'm going to go back to our little talk and let's all just be mindful. Don't be scared. Don't be scared of your food or your environment. Just be mindful. No age, no rage. Next time on The Lab Report, we're going to talk BPA and other environmental chemicals. Bisphenol A, polychlorinated biphenyl, and phthalates. Did you know there's a BPB? No. There's a BPAF. (laughs) You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear... Please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. I have a question about the bacon that you eat on the weekends. Okay. Do you do it on the stovetop or do you bake it? How this do you, is how a do you raging debate in the household. How do you make it? It's whoever gets to the bacon first gets their preferred cooking method. Okay, well, I usually bake it in yeah. the oven. How do you do it? I do it on in the cast iron. Really? Yeah. It has to be the cast iron. Yeah. Okay. I don't like the consistency when it comes out of the oven. You don't? No. But then you gotta, it takes a while to stand there and flip it. It's a lot more task-oriented it's, that it's, way. I feel like it's a zen oh. process. 
You just like when it splatters up on you on your shirt and stuff and like burns your hands as you're trying to flip it? No, it doesn't do that because I know how to cook bacon. The question is which method causes more advanced glycation end products? Great. Back to therapy I go. (laughs) 